This is Last Minute. When we originally conceived of this idea, we were going to put these messages at the end of the episode, but I know that I'm a gigantic dildo face, and if I got to the end of the episode and I was supposed to listen to messages from people I didn't know, I would probably just turn it off and go masturbate or slam my head against a wall, but I would very much appreciate it if you would give an open ear to these kind people who are nice enough to send us congratulations on our first year as the podcast and well wishes going into our next year. Please enjoy these messages. Stay tuned for the episode where we do a year in review of all of the movies that we've done even making mention of some of the Patreon bonuses that you might not know about because they're hidden behind a paywall. Stay tuned at the very end, of course, for the hidden track, quote-unquote hidden track, which is the worst-kept secret in all of horror podcasting. Okay, for all of you cranky buttfuckers who want to get to the action, you can skip the loving messages from the loyal mutant goons from beyond and fast-forward to... 9 minutes and 54 seconds. Exactly. Yo, Slasherpot, this is David Arquette. Happy New Year. Hope you guys had a great 2019. Wasn't my favorite year. But looking forward to 2020. Thank you, all you wrestling fans, film fans, whatever kind of fans you are. I have a show coming up. Me and RJ City are going to take on Colt Cabana and Joey Ryan. On uh, December 31st, we're going to ring in the New Year in Buena Park. Check it out, bar wrestling. And then the next afternoon, during the day, bootleg theater. Bye. Hey, this is David Nora, author of the stupidest slasher book in existence, Slasher Crasher, uh, available on Amazon. I wanted to congratulate slashers on a year of their podcast, uh, and I hope for more tomfoolery and tomgoonery. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Hey, Slasher Pod, this is Erica Stay Creepy from Horror Movies and Chill, and I am just giving you a huge shout-out and congratulating on a killer freaking year. I can't wait to see what you guys slice and dice in 2020. So keep it going, keep it coming, and stay creepy. Yo, what up? This is Steven from Claremont. Just giving you guys a call to say congratulations on a great year of podcasts. Wish you guys very very much success and very many more years. I uh, just wanted to give a shout out and say thanks for everything. Hope to catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. What up, Flashers? This is Queen Cujo, and I'm wishing everybody and all of y'all a very happy new year. Hey, this is Jason from the Spook House podcast, and I just wanted to call and say I'm super glad that you guys did the Toxic Avenger Part 3 so we never have to. All right. Here's to a great 2020. Later, guys. I love listening to you guys in the morning while drinking my coffee. And uh, I'm looking forward to what you guys can do in 2020. And uh, Happy New Year. Slasher's podcast is like listening to the brothers I'm glad I didn't have. Keep up the fun content, guys. I can't wait to see what 2020 brings. Woo! Happy New Year, Slasher pod guys. Love your podcast. Love that you're just going to keep on doing this and keeping it weird in 2020. Thanks for all the good times, good horror talk, and um, looking forward to more of it. All right. Take care. Thanks, Jake, Brian, and Chad. This is uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, oh, Jenny Jen. Okay. I'm really bad at leaving messages. This is this is bad. All right. Okay. You can cut this. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Slashers, this is Cameron. Just wanted to call and say hi and let you guys know you're doing a fucking awesome job with the podcast. I really enjoy 
uh, serving you guys whenever I can, whether it's in the car or at work, to help me get through the day. And yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, ghouls. Appreciate you. Bye. Okay, guys, you wanted me to call in. You have been warned. It's a great podcast as usual. Glad I finally found you guys. Glad to be a patron. Uh, I guess that's it. All work and no anal play makes me a dull boy. Kisses. Hey, everyone. This is Jordan from Don't Get Stabbed. I just wanted to call and thank everyone with Slasher's Pod and all the fans for all the support this year. From the Kickstarter to, to getting the game up on Amazon, it's been uh, quite an amazing ride. It's been so amazing that we're actually out of stock, but if you haven't got yours, don't worry. I just ordered a shit ton more. So if you go to don'tgetstabbed.com, you can sign up, get notified when they're available again. So we've got some other cool things that I'm working on for 2020. So thanks again. You guys fucking roll. Yo, Slasher's Pod. I uh, can't promise I won't make it fucking weird. Uh, this is Jessica calling from L.A. Just wanted to thank you so much for creating a podcast that I didn't know I needed. I really needed to find something to make this year great, and horror has been that thing. And so I just really wanted to thank you guys for everything you do. Thanks. What's going on, Slashers, guys? This is Johnny from Cry Havoc, one of the mutant goons from beyond. Just wanted to say congrats on your first year of the podcast. It's fucking awesome. I love what you guys are doing. I don't even really listen to podcasts. You guys are like one of three that I listen to. So it's pretty awesome. But uh, keep doing what you guys are doing. I love it. It's awesome. It's fucking hilarious. And it's really cool insight and a lot of movies and stuff like that that I dig. So I'm looking forward to see what you guys have for next year, you fuck boys. All right. Be safe. Take care. Thanks again, you guys. Hey, geeks and ghouls and slashers, goons. And to the fellas, Happy New Year, Happy 2020. This is Amanda Gonzalez, a.k.a. Phantasm 420. Fun fact, the 420 is my birthday and not a weed reference. Phantasm, of course, is the greatest horror movie ever made. So, I don't know, 2019 was weird. Let's see what's going on next year. Happy New Year, guys. See you around. Hey, Flashers. Your, uh, your buddy, Don Haynes, just wanted to congratulate you guys on the successful 2019. Thank you for letting me uh, make a design for your goons. If I can only ask for one thing, it's uh, please let me out of your fucking trunk. It smells in here. And even though you guys feed me with stale in and out, I could use a six or 30-pack of beer. Okay, happy new year. Bye-bye-bye. Hey, what up, classers? This is Dave from PVD Horror. Just wanted to wish you guys a happy New Year's, and I uh, look forward to seeing what you guys do for 2020. Keep spreading the horror. Happy anniversary, dudes! Oh, wait, thank you so wait, much it? for yeah. Wait, thank you so much for having my boy Clayton on your your podcast. What a hell of an interview! You guys had a hell of a year. We can't wait to hear more content. And we're not here to promote. What are we not here to promote? We're definitely 100 percent not here to promote our movie. I had a bloody good time at House Harker That is available, you know, on most large stores online. You know, like, like Target, uh, I don't know, I believe. Oh, or Walmart, or mm. or Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Any of the three that is killing small town USA commerce and business, we're on those. So you know, we support them. Yeah. And but we're yeah, definitely but not here to promote. Good Cops TV. No, on 100% YouTube, not. On the YouTube. No, on YouTube, which is, you know, youtube.com slash TV. But listen, honestly, guys, we love your podcast. We want to say happy anniversary. No, wait. Happy New Year. New- yeah, it's close enough. Close enough. Happy Japanese New Year, everybody. A lot of love for the year coming ahead and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's 
about it. You guys keep rocking. And Derek, anything else to say? Because, I mean, you know, I we think the good thing here is we followed directions really well. We kept it short. We weren't yeah. weird. No. And we, we showed our love. No, we, we did, you know. And uh, actually, to tell you the truth, Derek, I think we, we kept it too short. I think we could just keep going. Um, yeah. Do you think we should just have our own podcast right now? <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. Oh, my gosh. Wait, this is like a platform. We could literally have our own podcast on their voicemail. Making it. Oh, oh I'm so excited. Okay, the podcast is called Making It, starring Derek Hoggins. And Craig Dodgewell. Oh, yeah. Craig Dodgewell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, what do we want to talk about today? Who are we going to get on our, on our, uh, on our podcast? <laughs> we got to get off this fucking line. Happy New oh, Year, guys. Oh, Can't wait to hear more content from you. Happy Have a great 2020. I'm so proud of you guys for making it I'm getting 21 years old. Oh, you're weird. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is Tom Bocci with the film Arctic. I was just calling in to thank the boys at Slashers for having us on and impart some film wisdom if I could. Basically, it was the main lesson I learned and that you will learn when you go and do your films eventually is that everybody knows what you should not do, and they're going to tell you. And what you got to do is say two things back. Shut up. Fuck you. Those are the only things you need to remember if you ever want to do a movie. You're going to have to tell them, and you're going to have to tell yourself. It's going to seem impossible, and you're just going to have to tell yourself, shut up, fuck you, and get it done. So hopefully that helps your 2020 be a little more exciting and you get a feature off the ground and if it doesn't just remember just like all those things they tell you you can take this message and tell it shut up fuck you this is slashers a podcast about movies and more for those who love horror i didn't do a tagline this week because we're not covering one movie we are covering about 60 of them (laughs) we are doing a year in review and there's no one better to do this year in review with than the guy who i started it all with yeah buddy brian my esteemed colleague co-host and cohort would you please greet the mutant goons from beyond hey what's going on guys it's baffling to me how much we have done in this show in such a short time and also how naive we were a year ago we're like yeah we're gonna start this horror podcast (laughs) it's fucking easy right nobody's ever done a horror podcast before oh wait everybody has a horror (laughs) podcast my grandmother has a horror podcast yeah how many times i've actually explained to somebody that i'm doing a horror podcast and they're like wait so naked naked girls are i'm like no not a horror podcast (laughs) Or how many times have you had to explain what a podcast is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The way I have gotten to it, it's like, oh, it's radio that stays. Yeah. But also like lots of the radio jockeys like your Frosty, Hattie and Frank and stuff or, or Mark and Brian, yeah. they put their shows out as a podcast. I'm like, oh, well, it makes it easier for us. It doesn't it's... It doesn't help where majority of the people I work with are over 45 probably. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, get on the interwebs, get off of AOL Instant Messenger or whatever the fuck you use, Yahoo. Was it Internet Explorer? I guess. What was the old school Internet Explorer? Was Opera. it Opera? Inter- Opera. Remember that one? <laughs> there was Netscape Navigator. Oh my God, Netscape was oh, so yeah. bad. Every time you'd open it up, you'd have to wait like three minutes for it to load. Oh, I remember using Babelfish Translator to cheat in Spanish class because, you know, getting your little, you know, pocket calculator, your pocket translator or whatever, that is not going to work. But going on the website, you're like, oh, wow, it's so much better. And then you compare it now to the complexities of like Google Translate or like, you know, the word right. and stuff. You're just like, oh, wow, it was so archaic. It's- I feel like podcasts now are like what iTunes used to be. 
Remember when iTunes first came out and you were like trying to teach your parents or Spotify or any kind of music? Windows Media Player for like LimeWire. Yeah, 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 exactly. You're like, okay, so you can listen to, you can have a list of songs and you can play them and trying to teach it to them. And you're, they're just like, no, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. What do you mean I have to spin everything in a dial? <laughs> Remember that with the iPod, like getting people to understand only went in a circular motion? Right, right. The whole touchscreen thing was just baffling as well. Oh, yeah. And then you had the laptops that weren't touchscreens. And then <laughs> like stabbing at it with their finger. God, I've seen people do that modernly because now, you know, it's such a trope in so many laptops that you can do the touch screen. And I've seen people like full on jab their stubby little finger into the screen. Get yeah, that you're, purple breaking the, you're breaking the screen. So thank you for that. Please stop. One of my all time <laughs> favorite things I've ever seen on the Internet was it was a picture of a shattered iPad. And it said, fuck you to whoever told me you could use your iPad as a scale. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but to think there was a time when somebody was that naive. Well, actually, just not too long ago, there was this scam going around, or I guess, I don't know what you would call it. You wouldn't call it a scam. You would call it just like spoofing somebody into thinking if they take their cell phone and they put it in the microwave, it'll actually charge it faster. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was a rash of events where people had like exploding cell phones in their microwave. No, <laughs> people can't be that stupid, but then they are that stupid. And that's the thing that drives me crazy. So this is why we created this show to hide from everybody else and have an excuse not to ingest new media. That's true. Uh, let's go back to the list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Dude, we had a lot of movies when we first started this show that were all within the 90s and 80s. 11, 12, the number that comes after 12. (laughs) Yeah. So of our episodes, uh, you're talking about over 20% being just from 1980s. (laughs) Whoopsie. I think somebody said something where they're like, you guys are like an 80s podcast, right? I was like, shut up, you millennial scum. (laughs) <laughs> don't put us into a corner we're not that <laughs> fuck you and then immediately we did a 90s movie <laughs> suck on that yeah where's our slashers film yeah so I, I don't know if people actually picked up on that so the whole gag with this first year we made it the year without ever actually doing a slasher film which it was so important because you know which slasher do you do what context do you do it in i can the only thing i can imagine is going to either be friday the 13th correct or halloween and there's so much content on both that we had to come up with gimmickry so we were talking about it tonight when we do friday the 13th part one we're pairing it with sleepaway camp in a versus mode episode yeah which i'm actually very excited about yeah because they both hold their own very much so oh yeah it's not like one can lean on the other yeah, I feel like Sleepaway Camp is derivative of Friday the 13th, but it is unique into itself enough to where you could make an argument of it having a preference to it. And there's some right. of the effects are cool and stuff. I like it. So shall we go back the pilot episode that started it all? Event Horizon. So good. Oh, the movie's so good. And I went Ex- back and listened to some of this and the audio quality is terrible. And we both are <laughs> like, man, this movie could have been great if they didn't take out all the stuff. Man, it's such a shame. We should have appreciated the movie we got instead of talking about the movie that didn't happen. Right, which is funny when it comes to looking back at the other episodes that we've done that are uh, as far as movies that are notoriously bad, and we made them sound so much better than they actually are compared to this, which is actually a great movie. We just were young and naive and decided to shit all over it. Basically, we pulled a Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) If you see all the reviews for Rise of Skywalker, uh, first off, 
hot take. Get the fuck off your high horse. Right. Everybody wants to have that like hot take. You know, it's like, oh, let's look at it this way. Oh, the rise of Skywalker bastardizes everything Ryan Johnson dreamed of. Really? <laughs> like, let's all just calm down. But you get way more attention for being a sardonic prick than you do for being, oh, I love this. When was the last time you're like, oh, I want to listen to some guy in his 30s squeal about how excited he is about street trash. That's basically what happens <laughs> if you listen to that episode. We're both like, yes, it's so good. It was and then so it good. <laughs> and there's a dick. <laughs> if we could just introduce people to a few select films within our catalog for the first year, obviously Blood Diner, oh, yeah. Street Trash. What are the other ones? The Faculty is one I don't think that a lot of people appreciated, especially at the time. Chud, Chud's another classic that I feel like, I mean, I... You said it was a tragic. Well... You hated it. And then Joe Bob did it, and you're like, oh, I've kind of come oh, around bullshit. to it. <laughs> but, you know, Legion was one where we got some really good fan feedback where people were like, oh, yeah, like I guess that kind of is a good movie. But, you know, going throughout, The Loved Ones is probably post-1980, the best one that we did as far as introducing new audiences. Because, you know, a lot of people have, you know, reached out that they still listen to the show even if they haven't seen the episode. But then there are a lot of people who will specifically go to the Alamo Draft House and rent the movie or go right, to Amazon right, Prime, right. watch it, and then find us. So we're kind of acting as like a book club, which is really interesting. But at the same point, it's like a lot of work. So please don't get tired of us. What do you think is like the best response to episode that we had? People loved our Stephen King uh, It episodes. Both yeah, of them. yeah, definitely. And I also feel like As Above, So Below got a lot of good reception. Yeah, which is interesting. Like, people kind of came out of the woodwork. They'd all seen and loved that movie. And I was like, oh, sure. <laughs> which is great because that was one of those movies that gave me a great excuse to go and you know reread the Divine Comedy. And it's intense and it's long, but it was very <laughs> worth it for that show, you know? Right. And I think I, I quoted it twice the whole time, but it was also nice, especially we've talked about this a lot. Podcasts are second choice media. Yeah. If I, my first choice is watching the fucking movie, right? Or I guess the first choice is walking into that movie with my best friends. The second choice is watching it alone. The third choice is listening to it with guys who are acting like they're my best friends. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. so when you're being able to go into these other things and you can expand your mind, you have an excuse to read a new book and an excuse to do these things, you know, it makes that second choice media like you're consuming other media for the first time. So I, I think that's one of the things that makes the show interactive. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also something where if you don't mind looking at it this way, like I would if I was from an outside source looking in, I would almost look at it as like uh, some sort of homework for the week where kind it's of, like, yeah. okay, guys, this is what we're going to be doing next week. If you want, here's the literature for the film. You can kind of get a head start on it. Like, we, you know, we, we did that a few times where... Yeah, it just becomes so difficult because you know, you're trying to catch trends and we also have our Patreon bonus. So they get the episode a week early. Right. And so technically speaking, we'd be on a two week early schedule and stuff. But you know, if you'd like us to go back to that kind of model to give you the opportunity to kind of do these things, please let us know. Our, our numbers have steadily increased forever. So I think I'm not going to I'm not <laughs> I'm not rocking the boat, if you don't mind. Right, right, right. So. I think that the criteria for each movie that we go on is going to be, would you rewatch it? Yes or no. I and like it. With Event Horizon, of course I'd rewatch it. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's Satanic Sam. So good. And Larry Fish. Yeah. <laughs> so then we went to Pet Cemetery 1989. Man, 
Nobody once appreciated the intro to that one. Did you know? Do you remember what I did? If you remember correctly, the the start of that episode is I put uh, a Poison Heart by the Ramones. Right, right, right. And then it goes, oh, wise guy. And then it goes to Pet Cemetery because if you know Pet Cemetery two with Edward Furlong, that one it's Poison Heart by the Ramones is the title track. And oh man, do you think people slept on it? I think so. I mean, it's got great numbers as far now as here's, it's else. Now, here's another question that I posed to you. Would it be worth re-releasing some of these older ones? I mean, I think they were like doing a remastered edition or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. might be a good idea. We've talked about doing it when we put them on YouTube, like doing a Q-in or something like that to kind of make it worth our audience's while. So if you'd be into that, please let us know. Yeah. It'd probably be at the start of the episode. So at the very least, you have some new content in five minutes right, or so to right. start it. But yeah, I think that especially with Pet Cemetery. That was so fun for me to make our real christening on this show. Yep. Because uh, we had talked about for a long time doing the sci-fi one. And we had done Event Horizon. And we were like, oh, no. that's Right. Because remember we were talking about how, well, technically, is it a horror? Yep. Is it? And then we got into, well, there's several niche, niche, niches. Niche, niche, niches. Niche. Several niches within horror. So there can be sci-fi horror. There can be comedy horror. Horror comedy is kind of our sweet spot. Yeah, yeah exactly. So... But yeah, so it was a great excuse to read the book, which is my favorite Stephen King book, which since I've gotten two tattoos for, gotta love it. And I really enjoyed, I'd never seen Pet Cemetery 2 before doing that episode. It's a lot of fun. It's batshit crazy. And it was fun because it gave us like a lot of, you know, invested emotion into the next Pet Cemetery, which I, I still maintain that the Pet Cemetery from 2019, if the twist hadn't been revealed in the trailer, I think I would have liked that movie a lot more. Yeah, it... it screams don't watch any trailers from now on basically it's like a scorch earth <laughs> policy for me i'm like i'm already gonna see it like the rise of skywalker didn't watch a single trailer i mean there were points where i was at like a movie theater and they were playing a trailer and i just pull up my phone and just start looking at you know right i feel like at aged some... grannies pissing on each other or something to distract <laughs> myself at some point all of the fast and furious films you can essentially just watch the trailer for each movie and be like i don't need to see any of this yeah, right it's like oh that's cool there's a tank all right, well, that's the movie. Because you know there's no fucking story. It's like, oh, you know what it is? It's a bunch of guys like, you know it would be fucking sweet if there was like a tank in this movie? And then so they're like, hey, nerd, how do I make this tank get in this movie? And the guy's like, I don't know. They go to a military facility? Oh, okay, cool. Military facility. <laughs> so watch, rewatch, no watch. Totally rewatch. Absolutely. An American werewolf in London. This is where everybody got to hear me sing. Oh, it's so good. Blue moon. There we go. <laughs> and that movie is so iconic in so many ways. Rick Baker winning the first Academy Award in special effects. Just the transformation still to this day is one of the best transform transformative werewolf scenes. Very, very much so. I think that the transformation is the movie because when you see the werewolf, I almost wish you never saw it. Right. Absolutely. I think that when you see it in the subway and it's crawling up towards the guy at the base of the stairs, that's all I wanted to see. And then let the rest be my imagination. I think it's a much better movie. Yeah, that. I can see that. I also just don't like the, the style of werewolf where he's on all fours and he's like, especially because this came out, right, I mean, Rick Baker's protege does the howling with Joe Dante and those werewolves they're are upright. so, oh, and they're anthropomorphic and they're like, exactly. harrowingly exactly. tall and the way their ears are pointed. That's kind of interesting. I haven't really thought about that. The differences between the all four legs or being walking upright. So that's what makes it a werewolf. Otherwise, it's a wolf or a warg, right? Yeah. Just a big ass wolf. Another thing that's so great about American Werewolf in London is the comedy that comes with it. So good. Jack is fucking hilarious. And it's not 
overbearing at yeah. all. It's absurdist comedy, which is so fun. Like, yes. I recently, you know, to reference my Facebook page, I was like, if you don't laugh hysterically while watching Toast of London, don't recommend comedy to me because that show is basically just, oh, what would be absolutely absurd? And that's what it is. <laughs> you know, it, it's so refreshing to have that kind of humor where it's like situational comedy and it's just, it's not people like winking to the camera. Right. There's never one of those. This is not your Adam Sandler movie where it's like, he farted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. It's like we're talking about suicide with corpses in a porn theater. Yeah. Like <laughs> that <laughs> sentence is correct. If you've never seen that movie, that happens and it's awesome. It totally happens. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, I don't know if it translates, but I'm, I'm huge on like the dry humor, like English or British. Is it British dry humor? Basically, yeah. IT crowd, uh-huh. the, the Mighty Boosh, all of those. They're, so they're good. Great. Yeah. Matt Berry's a legend. And so I think, yeah, we're definitely Re- re-watched. rewatching. So zero through two so far, rewatching all of them. Yeah, I think that well, that's a hard one. I think there's only two or three that we would not rewatch. So. Yeah, I mean, even Ice Cream Man, I'm jumping ahead, but I mean, Ice Cream Man, not I could probably that. go without watching. Thank that God one. I converted you to my dark side because you were like, it's a pretty fun movie, and then you're like, ooh, ah, this is my first mistake. Yeah, well, it's also something that I remember distinctly watching as a kid and being like, this is fucking great, and then watching it again like I was a kid. Yep, same. <laughs> so I married an axe murderer. I was like, this movie's fucking legit. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so then we ended up with the faculty. So good. So far of the movies that we had done by this point, this was the one where we could be like, this is so underrated. This is so fucking underrated because so many people just dismissed it as like brooding Dawson's Creek. Well, it's like, it no, just it's seems cool. like something that MTV would throw out there. Oh, yeah. Right. It's like, here's some edgy high school film that we can have these kids watch. I don't know. Everybody doing drugs up their noses. It's scat, man. <laughs> yeah, with Midwest hair. Yeah, God, Josh Hartnett's hair is so bad. It is so bad. Man, and who would think that uh, Elijah Wood would go on to be Frodo and this multi-trillionaire? From- right, and then Stokely was, is in some crime yeah, show, show right yeah. now. Yeah. It's awesome, and it's you know it just shows so many shows where you know people get dismissed. Fucking John Daly. Oh no, yeah, John, John Stewart. Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> he's John so Daly. good. The ending of that movie where it shows that he's alive with the <laughs> with the donut. If that's a yeah. thing of legend. So yeah, that's definite rewatch for me. Absolutely. The effects hold up. The story structure is fine. Yes, it's very derivative, but we've talked about this a million times on the show. Horror is a very great category for things to be derivative because it's paying homage. Right. Versus right. in action set pieces, I'm like, nope, seen it. I feel like the faculty is a cross between varsity blues and like a horror film. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. <laughs> you put those movies together, that's exactly what it is. That I will say this. This is a good point. You bring up varsity blues. Uh, hot for teacher. If there were boobs in the faculty, full on boobs. Yep. I think it's a better movie. Absolutely. Gonna have to acknowledge. Well, no, it wouldn't be because they're in high school. If it was a college movie, there'd have to be boobs. <laughs> wow. We can't the, we can't be creepy about this. The one girl who's naked, she's like a, a really old alien, so you can watch her. There you go. That's true. Mary, Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson. Because how old are aliens technically? It depends. Because <laughs> like they haven't Do you have to count the, the tentacles? Okay, you cut it off the tentacle and count the rings <laughs> like a tree. <laughs> All right, so that's definitely rewatch. We go to Chud, nineteen eighty four. You don't like it still? I Daniel Stern should have been the lead of this movie. He is the best <laughs> part of this movie. And John Goodman. If you replace John Hurd with John Goodman, and you have Daniel Stern 
as the lead. Oh, it's such a good I movie. I could see that being better. It'd be so fun. The thing is, I would watch this again, but I wouldn't like gather the troops and be like, okay, guys, let's watch a good film. Really? I thought that you would have said that you would only watch it to introduce it to someone else because that's what I've done with this movie a few times where I'm like, yeah, on my own, ah, there's better things. I really like the music. It's so good, The dude. music's great. It's like, you know, we talked about, I think, on the episode we did where it reminds me like Master Blaster and those NES, like, The you know, sweet, sweet synth music. So gnar. Yep. And then we talked about... Well, that doesn't count. The song I paired it with was Filter, but that doesn't... Oh, yeah. But that's not in the, <laughs> the movie. At the very end, right? Hey, man, nice shot. Hey, you man, were like, nice yeah, it's wrong. I was like, that's a right quote. <laughs> I think I texted you gloating. I was like, I told you, motherfucker, I know. <laughs> like, I'm haunted by that Filter song. Hey, man, nice shot. That's Robert Patrick, the T-1000, his brother. I remember listening to a demo of that song where the, he had recorded it like in his parents' basement and he was with nothing. And it was better than anything any of my bands ever produced once. And I was like, <laughs> I just wasted my time pretending to be in bands. This is awful. Hey, man. It's so broody. <laughs> no. So definitely watch for me, not for you. I understand. Yeah, I, I would rewatch it again. I would probably rewatch it with you. Okay. But that's about it. I, like I can't it. imagine being, hey, wifey, come check this out. Oh, I wanted to mention this. We were doing the American Werewolf in London. I had told somebody recently that I've been straight edge my whole life. I'm gold star straight edge, if you know what that means. And I was like, I, I'd have to at least consider having a pint if I went to the slaughtered lamb. And oh, absolutely. She was like, what does that mean? And I was like, D- you don't know? Then it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, you never will. Next, we go to Mimic 1997. You didn't watch this. This is the first episode my wife not. stepped in on. Yep. Was Have you ever seen it? Nope. Uh, it's definitely a rewatch for me. I think it's a classic. It's basically, it's a Guillermo del Toro film where you find out that there are these basically cockroaches. They call them daddy long legs or long John Silvers. Something weird. What the fuck? No, it's basically, it is a giant bug that mimics people. Okay. And it's in like subways. It's very brooding. Lots of good shadows. Only a so couple it's questionable things. basically effects. the alien from Men in Black. Yeah. Very okay. much so. Well, it's, it's based on an actual, it's a short story where the guy goes and he's investigating his neighbor's death and you find out the neighbor was actually not a person. It was like, like a praying mantis in disguise. And then they open this what casket the and these, you know, it's spawn fly out into the wilderness or the city. It's very interesting. How many people that create these stories are high on drugs? I would say all, <laughs> D, all of the above. Though, at the same time, I can imagine you could come out, come up with some pretty cool stories, Jake, and you wouldn't fall into that co- category at all because, again, you are a gold star straight edge. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> We've talked about on the episode that we could go back and do Mimic 2 and 3. Uh, I would very much like to do that at some point, but this, I've looked at the Google trends for those movies. No one looks at them. Yikes. I think only the actors who were in that movie, their moms are the only people who actually Google it. <laughs> So uh, for me, it's a definite rewatch. If you haven't seen that movie, I'm not even I, saying it's I'd, safe. I'd give it a shot. Yeah, I think that you'll definitely enjoy it. And it's great. I like we've talked about it a lot on this show. I love seeing somebody who ends up becoming like, you know, I guess a legitimate artist. You know, look at Guillermo del Toro with like Shape of Water. He's an Academy Award winning artist at this point. Right. And when you can look at his humble horror origins, like Peter Jackson, yeah, it's so, so cool. So he goes from Mimic to Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Right. And Hellboy. Hellboy yeah. 2. <laughs> there are people who actually think Hellboy 2 is better than Hellboy 1. Fun fact, they're wrong. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, this is our foray into true crime. Oh, it was awful. Oh, I hate it, it was so, so much. bad, man. Who came up with this? Was this my idea? I feel like this might have been my idea. I think so. 
It was a bad idea. Yeah. And so much so that we remanded it from a full episode to a bonus episode because we were like, this is bad. But we're talking about the Bundy series that they released on Netflix in 2019, which is bad. And I feel like we were almost just, we fell for all the hoopla. Right. Yeah. Because there was a lot of it. And we were like, well, we got to kind of stay up with the times. And they just came out with this new thing that everybody's talking about is the confessional tapes and this and that. And there was no new evidence. Oh, yeah. It was just rehashing the same old bullshit. And it ended up just, you almost felt bad for the survivors that they interviewed because yeah. they were basically an afterthought. For sure. And like, I think we did the math. It was like less than 5% of the entire thing that was called the confessional tapes actually was the tapes of his quote unquote confession. Don't recommend it. If you're into true crime, there are so much better content yep. on Bundy out Absolutely. there. I think that's one of the things too we didn't really acknowledge is that we had both read podcasts and seen documentaries and stuff about him. So we were very much heavily relying on new content and didn't get it. If it's your first foray into Bundy, it's very palatable. I mean, it does a good job, but I wouldn't recommend it if you even... And and that's not saying I wouldn't consider doing another like actual movie based off of a serial killer. Like, for instance, Gacy. I feel like that would be a good one to do. He scares the shit out of me. That's why my Instagram handle is Gacy Jones, which is John Wayne Gacy and Casey Jones, because it's like Batman. You know how he's afraid of the bat? I'm afraid of John Wayne Gacy. So that's my superhero. Yeah, Who was it? I forget the actor's name. Who was in Pee Wee Herman? Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy who played Francis. Yep. So dope. Yeah. That movie's pretty gnar. I will admit, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> Didn't they make a Gacy versus Dahmer? I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's never happening on the show. So, ne not rewatching. Nope. Definitely not. Next after that was The Craft from 1996. Have so you seen good. this? So good. Oh, my God. I've seen it probably a dozen times. Yeah, so that was my first time seeing it when we did this episode. Really? I loved it. It's so good. Yeah, it's super good. It's like the edgy, angsty 90s horror film. Absolutely. It's so... <sighs> It screams Hot Topic. It does, but not in a way where it's like baffling. It makes sense, you know? Sometimes you watch a movie like Encino Man and you're like, what the fuck was everybody thinking? <laughs> Bell bottoms? But then you watch this and you're like, oh, everything makes sense. It's just like, it almost is like an aesthetic choice. Like you could see this movie being made today, set in the 90s and delivered the exact yep, same way. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a huge rewatch for me. I think that I really wish that there was more Especially like- Especially the soundtrack though, huh? Oh dude, it's the, pretty great. Was it the Smiths? Yeah, how soon is now? Yeah. <laughs> I am the sun. <laughs> and if you've ever heard the band Quicksand, they do the best cover of How Soon Is Now. Quote me on it. It's amazing. So then we had a bonus episode where we did a Pet Cemetery 2019 review. Uh, that was a lot of fun with our friend uh, Stephen King and Chill on Instagram. There you go. Next, we had Salem's Lot 1975. Whew. It was a lot. I've had multiple people reach out and say, you know what? There are too many horror podcasts. I'm going to listen to one episode and I'll tell you if I listen to and another one. And they listened one. to the Salem's Lot episode. And I was like, fuck. Why would you do that? But Why then they would all you do came that? back. That was yeah. the crazy thing. I've had I this happened on They're three separate They're all masochists, cases. I guess. I was like, all right, brother. I watched the movie twice beforehand, and I wanted to kill myself. And then you read not only the book, but then you read the addendum. <laughs> yeah. You were like, man, this book's long. And I was like, it's not that long. And you're like, oh, well, there's this whole thing. I was like, you went too far. Come back. <laughs> Wolverine, pull back. Yeah, it was actually the, the bonus content where they meet up at a bar, and they end up seeing a chick out in the snow and this or that. It's actually really good. Did you end up reading it? Or yeah. No? Yeah. I, I liked I've, it. I prefer Stephen King's short writings to his long writings. Right. That's one of the reasons I like Pet Cemetery. It's a very modestly length novel. I would not rewatch this. No. I, I would watch the one, The Return to Salem's Lot with Rob Lowe and yeah, uh, Kiefer that, Sutherland's definitely, dad, Donald Definitely. Sutherland. But the 
made for TV one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of talk about. I think that this, the, or there's a new thing, Jerusalem's Lot coming out, and the, a lot of the Stephen Kingiverse. I, I don't. This doesn't work for me. It's not my recipe. But I've never really been into vampires. I mean, short of Blade, that I can't think of a vampire movie I really dig. I feel like it's 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 a timepiece that only needs to be within that time for yeah. like the lady gossiping and everything else. Like I can't imagine them like doing a newer version in modern times if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean you could. It's not r- terribly difficult because even if you have cell phones, you're in such a remote area that cell phone doesn't necessarily have to work. But I, I just can't imagine somebody doing it in a way that would be really satisfying and good. Yeah. I just imagine that it would either it would either be way long and would be like a series or it would be just kind of I don't know, a super low budget crap. Or here's a thought. They just thought we're making so much money off of this it bullshit. So we're just going to rehash all of Stephen King shit and collect as much money as we can. Which is happening. And that's what I mean. When you have built in metadata like he does at this point, for Christ's sake, you Google Stephen King and it's just a trillion results. But let's say you Google whoever the fuck the guy is who did the loved ones, you could see. Yep. And that's what kind of speaks for it. Now, the one thing I have to give credit for, obviously, is Mr. Barlow is fantastic in that film. Like, that's it's such a great visual. He definitely steals the show. Yeah, and it's frustrating because he's so good. But do you think that if they'd added more, it would be like... Yes, it would satisfy your urge and itch, but it, it, it's the old age old adage. You always want to leave them wanting more. So is less more with Barlow in this movie? I don't think so. Just yeah. from reading the book and how I feel like they should have, well, they should have added a lot of the stuff in the book that they just never had in the movie because obviously they're dealing with being made for TV and it was released at the time when it was. So they can't really get away with doing stuff on TV as much as they can do yeah. in text. And the makeup was falling off. So trying to have a dialogue scene with him ain't happening. When you have him basically hanging the boy up in the, in the yeah. room, like that's fucking brutal as so shit. So crazy. Yeah, so... If you haven't read the book, I mean, the book, I, I'll never reread it, but I'm glad I have read it. Yeah. That, but that's a lot of Stephen King's writing. And then also there's James Mason in the movie, and he's fantastic as the familiar who gets killed with the antlers. Oh, that's right. That's Sonar. right. Sonar. But yeah, that's my take. I On this one, I'm going to pass respectively or, or respectfully. And if you do care to watch it, I, if you have watched this movie more than five times, please let me know why. I can't figure <laughs> it out. I love Toby Hooper. I watched but it now. twice. And again, no, no more. Next, we get to the crown jewel, the creme de la creme of the show. Blood Diner released in 1987. It's only the greatest year ever. Oh, dude. That's both of us being born. That's right. That's, yeah. Jackie Kong is a legend. Open invitation. We've said it a million times to be on this show. We will interview. I hope she listens. She would never. She would not debase <laughs> herself. She is sacrosanct. She is my messiah and my redeemer, Jackie Kong. So this movie is a spiritual successor to Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast, which technically speaking a lot of people want to say is the first american slasher film and this is not that it's everything that i could not believe the name blood diner somebody had recommended that we do this off of reddit and i was like oh this you know interesting enough um, i guess I'll, I'll look at it and no metadata nobody was talking about this movie and I just looked at it. I was like, no, Brian, I know you've never heard of it. I've never heard of it, but you have to see what I'm seeing here. (laughs) And when we did it, both of us were like, what the fuck? I think this is the first movie that I recall where I laughed out loud, like constantly, probably within the first two or three minutes of the film. Oh, yeah. From there on, 
from the whole Uncle Anwar scene on. It's just, and I've rewatched this movie. I think I've watched it five times this calendar year, <laughs> and I've laughed every time. And this is once upon a time when I was back in my old school pen writing days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I would watch the film and then I would see something that I want to take note on. So I'd pause it and then I'd write it down. Well, with this film, with so much going on and it's so amazing, it probably took me three and a half, four hours to get through the entire film. Yeah, you even, I remember very specifically, I we, I was enjoying the movie too much to rewind it and look at the, the Shopping grocery list. list. Yeah. And so good. You were like, oh, yeah, it's dog dicks and blah 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 and I was like oh god yeah it was like stray cats a dog uh, a couple dildos and something else and you're like dude how what come on and there's stuff going on in the background of these scenes that it's just crazy there's yeah. a random wrestler the guy the wrestler little Jimmy Hitler <laughs> and vitamin C is it vitamin C the guy that gets punched and, thro- and, and throws up everywhere oh it's so good <laughs> and like why and, and then, there's uh, boobs oh got few and then there's bush too yeah from the cave scene so yeah, if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. It's amazing. I We've talked about it. That would be something we would do ritualistically on the show is do another review of it once a year. We are still holding yep, to absolutely. that. Next was Carrie 1976. That is one of the best Stephen King adaptations. It is so solid. The book is so good. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Honestly, I think that it's, you know, De Palma, Sissy Spacek, it's it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it, you're doing yourself a disservice, not only in terms of its place in film history, but also it is good. Yeah, it's just, it's so iconic. So you have to give it a shot. Or else Brian's going to come and he's going to peel you. That's right. He's going to take a vegetable peeler to your forehead. Throw some blood on you. Ooh. (laughs) So the next one we have is Castle Freak. And Castle Freak, it's the first time I've ever seen it. Did you see it beforehand? Stuart Gordon. Yeah, this is uh, Barbara Crampton. Yes, I had seen a watered-down censored TV version of it. Okay, I was going to say, I've never even seen it on TV. And I wasn't really sure what to expect with Castle Freak. Because the name alone, kind of bland, doesn't really explain much of what's going on. You can't really even guess. And then I started watching it. You get to the prostitute scene, and Jesus Christ. And it's based on H.P. Lovecraft, too. So that takes it to a whole different deep cosmic horror level. Not really in this film, but uh, yeah, it's it's insane. It's really fun, it, but it's so cringy. And that's one of the things like violence against women always makes me kind of queasy. But in this, it's done to such like a, a vir- like a, just a visceral way. Right. And, I, and like right off the bat, you, you see him peeling off his skin to get out of his shackles. It's so disgusting. Yeah, it's it awesome. Gnar. The makeup effect work on it is fantastic. Jeffrey Combs is great. Chewing the scenery as the irredeemable dad. I love it. And if you recall, Joe Bob Riggs covered this and Chud. And yeah, I mean, I feel like he was maybe following the show a little bit. Yeah. Or at least the metadata from like the five people who watched our show at that point <laughs> who Googled it. Like, what's a castle freak? Oh, you mean there's old Giorgio McDickless. There you go. Remember that? <laughs> or he had the little gross furry nub. It's so gross. <sighs> The whole that movie. I mean, I would rewatch it absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah. Next, Leprechaun, nineteen ninety three. Rewatch. It's campy. It's schlocky. It's fun. Harvey Davis. You got to support him, man. Exactly. There are other installments of the franchise that I think that I would rewatch first. For instance, when Lepre- we did the bonus, <laughs> what was it? Leprechaun in the hood. In the hood. Uh, back to the hood. In space. 
in space is the one we did the bonus episode on. And that one is batshit crazy. <laughs> he has a lightsaber at one point. You I have feel to like see it. At one point in one of the movies, he shows up at a magic show and he cuts a girl in half with an actual chainsaw. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. And they're like freaking out. And well, actually, the people in the state, you know, in the crowd, they're like, oh my God, this magic trick is so amazing. Meanwhile, she's got blood spurting out of her mouth and she's just cut in half. So I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. The reverse of magic from a magical being. There you go. You got to love it. I love that he talks in rhyme. I think that, you know, Warwick Davis is a national treasure, even though he's not from this nation. Both of those are rewatches. Yeah, absolutely. The next one we have is Ice Cream Man. Ooh. It's probably one of the rare ones where I feel like we both were like, nah, we're good. The, the list of not watchable one or not rewatchable ones is, is pretty short, yeah. but this is definitely one of the top ones. I'd say so. I mean, once you've seen the visual gag, you're done. I mean, basically, it comes down to the movie. The only great part to me is when he has the heads on the cones. I almost just like it for his voice. Clint Howard is great. (laughs) (laughs) He he plays the same character in like everything. Yeah, he's the same guy in Ticks. It's crazy. Ticks, exactly. That's what I was leaning towards. Then we get to The Running Man, which was a Stephen King adaptation because he wrote it under his Richard Bachman. This is our first slash action film. I think it's our only slash action Eh, film this year. Kind of Thirteenth Warrior as well. Okay, yeah, Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would I would watch this movie virtually any time of day. It's awesome it is everything i loved about the excess of the 80s it's american gladiators on steroids i mean it's arnold so can't go wrong now did i tell you about my i think i did on the my grievance because i listened to the audiobook of the running man and in the foreword by stephen king he gives away the end of the book oh are you kidding me I was shocked. So much so where I was like, oh, there's no way that actually happens. This is this is metaphorically and then, speaking. And, and then, then it, it happened. happened. Oh, I was so mad. <laughs> Steven, you done me dirty, my friend. Yikes. Next, Street Trash, 1987. Never seen it. Never seen it before this. And it was amazing. Oh, it's so good. The effects are so fun. It is just chaos. What's the poison called? Uh, there, well, there's Viper and then there's Viper, Thunderbird. That's, that's what it is, Viper. Yeah, it depends yeah. on which version, if you're watching the short or if you're watching the film. Yeah, and then Flying Dicks. Yep, and the guy who pops, the guy who gets flushed down the toilet that looks like a gusher. It's so great. <laughs> the guy on the fire escape who melts and falls onto the yuppie scum. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Damn, just like so good. Acidic rain everywhere. It's fucking yeah. awesome. And I highly recommend you can go on YouTube where you can find the original Street Trash short. It's like 24 minutes, I think it is. Completely self-funded by the director. And they had like a video they, or like a short like music video like to Street Trash. Did I show you that? They had like a dance where like all the people were dancing around and stuff too. Oh, I could dig that. Yeah. Like a thriller type neat. thing yeah, where they're melting. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, and they're all like fucking dressed as homeless people and the in the dump it's kind of cool i dig that a lot yeah next oh so that's definitely a rewatch no yeah, question rewatch absolutely next was your birthday episode yeah, buddy the lost boys also came out in our best year Dude. 1987 knuckles knuckles so that movie is amazing there are pull quotes from it that are great the special effects are great i mean Kiefer southern's a sec magnet so oh dude it's weird he's some <laughs> awkward boners in there for sure man especially with that little gristle his gristly beard he's got going on I oh like yeah it. i would ride bitch on his motorcycle <laughs> i'm telling you right now if Kiefer with a mullet's like as long as we have that sweet-ass 80s music going on in the background, you know. 
Yeah. And then you have uh, Shawn Michaels playing the saxophone. Yeah. It's not Shawn Michaels, but I always, well I always imagine it was Shawn Michaels. Sexy sax, man. That's right. Lost in the shadows. Yep, that's it. That's the better song than Cry Little Sister because Cry Little Sister plays during the sex scene and it's creepy. <laughs> I, I, I think I ruined someone's opinion of the film at Midsummer Screen because I was like, oh, you like the Lost Points, do you? And they're like, yeah. Like, So how do you reconcile this? And she was like, uh, and I was like, mm, yeah, awkward. <laughs> Maybe we just call it cry little stepsister. Oh, no. Uh, that's the big workaround, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing I think of when it comes to the music is obviously there's a sexy sax man, but then there's a thou shall not cry. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I mean, that song is good. It just it doesn't work in that scene. Grandpa, he's the fucking unsung hero of the movie. Dude, I want a prequel film for him. That's so awesome, Wouldn't right? Wouldn't it be fun? Like, what happened to their? What happened to the mom? Yeah. Did she get killed by vampires? Why is he so sassy? Why is he going after the widow Johnson? Why is he trying to give the widow his Johnson? So many unanswered questions. It'd be great, right? It would be. He's old. This isn't his first rodeo. What if... Okay, what if the old man who turns out to be the head vampire, what if he wasn't the head vampire? He's just the only one who lived of the what old What if it's head. grandpa? No, <laughs> no. But my, my point is that what if grandpa killed the last head vampire and this guy just inherited the throne? Huh. That's interesting. That's my prequel. He's like, well, my vampire hunting days are over, so I'm just going to act like an ignorant old man. Yep. I uh, like it. There we go. Uh, trademark. You can't take my idea. That's a rewatch. That's almost an annual rewatch. I love that movie so much. Yep. And uh, Death by Stereo. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong. You can't at all. And if you're in the band Death by Stereo, know that I love you. And if you ever want to be featured on the show, you can totally reach out to me. <laughs> Slashersbot at gmail.com. Next, we had our buddy Robbie Hart from Kyle Tricola and the Strangers coming in uh, remotely and talking about this amazingly weird movie with George Clooney. Return of the Killer Tomatoes. I've never seen it. Didn't even see the cartoon. Did you watch cartoon? Oh, I watched when the cartoon, yeah. Okay. But here's the thing I watched the cartoon and then I went and watched Attack of the Killer Tomatoes based on it. And aside from the helicopter crash, there is no redeeming part of that movie. It yeah, is that, fucking terrible. I remember watching it and thinking, wow, the stunts for that helicopter crash are made. No, they actually crashed a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> it was real bad. And so I hadn't seen this. If I had seen it, it had been years since I saw Return. And I thought it's hilarious. It's crazy. And you got, uh, you know, Gomez Adams kicking. Going nuts. It's a lot of fun. It's really Yeah, it, it definitely has its redeeming qualities, like the little comedic parts in between where they almost like Wayne's World basically copied them, right? Where it comes to like the Pepsi Cola and everything. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's pretty good. The product placement and breaking the fourth wall and everything. This is a great absurdist movie to introduce somebody. Yeah. It's relevant enough. It's easy to swallow. It's not too bizarre. You know, this you show them this if they can handle it, then you show them Blood Diner. <laughs> Don't start with Blood Diner. You have too definitely much explaining not. to definitely do if you go to not. a normie with this. So definitely rewatch for me. Yeah, I would rewatch it. Absolutely. The one after that was when we did Toxic Avengers pod game where we teamed up with a bunch of our other compatriot podcasts and we created this event to queue in with Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This is the worst one in the franchise. <laughs> Y'all done me dirty when I invited you to be a part of this and you're like, okay, uh, also we'll all do a better movie than you. Thanks. What did you think was going to happen? Dude, I thought somebody, like I said, I thought somebody would throw me a bone and be like, ah, oh, you put all this together, you created graphics, you did everything. No, they didn't The least throw we could do is give you a movie that isn't the worst. They didn't throw you a bone. They boned you. Yeah. That's what happened. Hard. <laughs> no 
Lubricant. Yeah, definitely not watching. Never that again. again. <laughs> uh, I'd even watch the ableist as fuck fourth one before I'd watch this one again. So let's move on. The Void. So good. I want to be watching this movie right now. I almost always want to be watching this movie. Like life would be made better if this was running on a projector on the background of my life. I remember when my brother had recommended this to me. He's like, hey, have you seen this? It just came out in 2016. It's relatively relatively recent and it hasn't gotten a lot of feedback. It hasn't gotten a lot of play, but you should definitely check it out. I watched it with him and immediately fell in love. And that's when I was like, yeah, well, let's check this one out, boys. And again, one of the episodes where more obscure, but the fan feedback we've had on it's been great. Yep. And it's so nice to be able to introduce people to new media and have an excuse to indulge in new media myself. And one of those movies where, again, a lot of heavy reference, but clearly in the homage vein, not in the ripoff vein for me. Yes, absolutely. I could see that being like the one big criticism of that film. People would be like, dude, we get it. Like, let's tone it back. Right. And and what's interesting about it is, as well as far as looking at doing uh, the research about the film, going back and looking at where the setting was in the film, it's all in the woods. And it's at the hospital. So they really didn't have much budget to work with, but they made it work. And it looks great. I mean, visually, you'd never guess, I mean, that it was a terribly low budget. Like, obviously, it's a low budget, but it's not like, you know, ramshackle. Right, right. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly, I think they actually did crowdfunding for it. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. Super cool to be able to have you, you know, be a fan of something and be cre- part of the creative process, just like you can be if you subscribe to that <laughs> slash pod on Patreon.com. There we go. So that's definitely rewatch. Absolutely. The Omen. Ooh, that is a classic so movie. So good. It holds up hard. Like I said, I think I watched it at 1.5 speed or whatever, but it's still really good. And the fact is, if I was still a single dude and I had copious amounts of free time, you watch this movie at one time speed. But when you're a dad and you have a bunch of shit to do and you have to pretend to take a dump to get five <laughs> seconds to look at your phone, you have to watch it at 1.5 speed. And two things about this film. One, the dad was a dick. Gregory Complete Peck. fucking asshole oh, in the yeah. film. To not maybe not like as a person, but the character in the film. Yeah, for which sure. typically, as far as I recall, within these films that we've done, the men in the movies, the the fathers are usually dicks. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so two, obviously, you have it's all for you. This has always been for you, Damien. Best opening. Best opening ever. It's so amazing. It's so brutal. I wish that I hadn't had the great childhood I had sometimes because I, I saw so much of this stuff so early. I have no vivid recollection of Star Wars, but I could only imagine being in like, let's say my early 20s. So still a little naive going to a movie theater and seeing that opening scene without any context <laughs> in yep. 1976. Are you fucking kidding me? That would melt my brain off. Right. Yeah. I think as a kid, the fr- the only thing I remember specifically from watching this as a kid, which I should not have been watching. Again, we share this common thing. Was the head getting cut off by the sheet of glass Which and then so just great. spinning head in the air. Yeah, so good. It's an amazing visual. <laughs> so definite rewatch for me. Yep, absolutely. Super classic. I, I always am interested to see what remakes come of it and they never end up working out, right? They're all so bad. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to eventually see one that... Uh, does it credit this or is does one, it justice? If you remade it, you have to do it like super art house on a $5 budget or something like that, right? You get yeah. some really obscure guy who then like Disney would swoop up and have to do a, a Marvel <laughs> movie, right? Yeah, definitely. Then we went to Legion 2010 with Paul Bettany. That movie kicks ass. It really bums me out that more people haven't seen that movie. And this is another film where, I mean, it had a lot more budget, obviously, than The Void, but where does it take place? At a diner. Yep. 
central location. That's it. Yeah. So it's kind of cool when you have a film that succeeds as well as it does with only one central location. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, you don't want to call it a sequel or whatever, but then you have Priest as well, which is awesome. The same director, same Paul Bettany, very much that like kind of Constantine feel where I could see why it's not somebody's favorite movie, but it is still a good movie. Yeah. I mean, we could probably even get away with doing Constantine too, if we wanted to. I'm afraid to because I love the <laughs> Hellblazer comics so much that I would be like, oh, let's read everything. Oh, Swamp Thing, where he, you know the character of John Constantine debuted. Sure, I'll read all that too. Oh, and then I'm gonna watch the Swamp Thing series, and then I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna see Jake appear out of nowhere with a beard down to his fucking knees. <laughs> Rip Van Winkle, you'd be like, dude, we canceled the show seven years ago, and you, I'm like, no, I'm finally ready to do the Constantine episode. <laughs> it's, it's either that or it's Monster Squad. Dude, I, that, I think it'll seriously take me a good month worth of work to do it. <laughs> and I'll edit it so meticulously, it'll be like, every syllable has to be perfect. <laughs> You're going to be like going to your friends at work and be like, ah, sorry, I got to do some re-recording this weekend. And, you know, I got, and they're like, oh, are you going to band? Are you going to do some some lead vocals? And like, You're like, no, I, uh, I had a discussion with my friend Jake about his favorite movie seven months ago. And I, I need to repeat the word the, or he's not going to release it. <laughs> I strung along too many ums with other words, and <laughs> I fucked us. Um, not happening. Um, for sure. Um, <laughs> we'll commit ritualistic suicide. This is the shit that I now think of because I've started to do editing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Honestly, I'm going to pause this episode right now and say, God bless you if God exists. <laughs> Krampus bless you. Beelzebub bless you. The amount of free time I have. I'm just trying to help out, man. As it's much awesome. as I can. Absolutely. Yep. And if you ever want to, you know, just do random chores for us, you can come to my house. You can do all my work. <laughs> I'll put my feet up and just veg out for a bit. But I think one of the things we talked about in starting the show was having a great excuse to A, hang out with our friends, and B, I have to consume some form of horror this week. I am sorry, wife. Right. I don't care what you're going through. <laughs> I have to watch this bad movie that came out before I was born. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Legion, definitely a rewatch for yeah, me. Absolutely. Priest, it's definitely so a rewatch. They're so fun. Yep. They're just carefree, easy, easygoing films. It's popcorn fill, yep. fluff, but it's good. Next is So I Married an Axe Murderer. Nope. Never gonna watch it again. So fucking bad. Could not believe I was so dumb. I don't know how many times Jake had to throw out the bing, bang, boom, bang, but bang, my boom. God. Let's never do it ever again. Let's never do it again. But I don't think I could ever forgive Mike Myers for this. Yeah, I actually went. So I, funny enough, I went back after this and I watched some clips of like Wayne's World and Austin Powers and stuff to see like, was he just never funny? No, it's just this movie is so not funny. He is <laughs> fucking hysterical and other stuff. But this movie is just a misstep in yeah, the worst I, way. I feel like all of those Austin Powers movies came out at the right time within me being a certain age where yeah. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Comedy gold. Exactly. So him is gold member. Him is fat bastard. All of that shit is fucking amazing. And then you have this. Womp womp. So definitely not watching this ever again. I wouldn't even recommend this to my worst enemy. I think that this is the tragic champion for the year. It I, it beats definitely Ice Cream Man. beats it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because going into Ice Cream Man, you know it's bad. Yeah. You know going in, this is going to be a shit show because Clint Howard. 
Well, and also like this, like when you look at So I Married an Axe Murder, it has all the makings of a good movie. It just ends up being terrible because of intermeddling and stuff and politicking. And it's just the more you learn about the movie, the more you, I think, have only one conclusion is that you have to hate it. Next, 1408 from 2007. I love this movie. I think John Cusack's charming in it. It's really fun. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. I saw it in theaters. I loved it. Yeah. It's something that, again, here's another film where they don't really go outside of the hotel, but you don't really need to because it's established within 1408. And what's crazy is even with it being a central location, it's diverse enough in its presentation with like the windowsill on the outside and the water flooding and everything where it it doesn't feel static. Plus Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson. So good. And I highly recommend it. If you haven't read the short story that it's based on, it's worth it. I think it's only 17 pages. It's really fun. There you go. Next, we had our bonus episode where we interviewed our pal Clayton Cogswell, director of I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker, which you can watch for free now on Tubi. That movie is fun. Clayton's a good guy. If you haven't watched I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker, do yourself a favor. You could do a lot worse things in an hour and a half of your life. Yeah, I had a blast with him, man. It went super smooth, and I feel like we actually got him on board to watch Blood Diner and maybe do an episode with us. Yeah. He's going to so. be on our, our indentured servant because he owes us a blood debt after we introduce him to Blood Diner. <laughs> so Cujo, 1983, super solid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, when Stephen King comes out and says that the ending of the movie is better than the ending of the book, there you go. Yeah, I didn't read the book and I feel like I'm I'm happy I didn't. Major Downer. <laughs> dead ass kid. And you're like, oh, this. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks, Stevie boy. Right. Next was High Tension. Oh, that. Uh, Definitely rewatch. No, Cujo's fucking classic. Next was High Tension. Haute Tension, if you are Francais. Which I still haven't seen this. Oh, it's so good. Is it good? Yeah. There's Are there a lot of really good memorable kills? Yeah. Yeah. It's a visual movie. That's the thing. The fact that it's French and you either have subtitles or dub, not distracting at all. All I can tell you is that we started fucking around with editing and videos, and the one you did for this one is so fucking good. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, go back. It was We used to call it On the Slashing Room Floor, which apparently somebody now has as an Instagram handle, so they use our hashtag, which is cool. Why not? Go for it. We stopped doing it because it's too much work. But High Tension, very much recommend for a rewatch. It's always fun to show it to somebody who hasn't seen it. And so if you ever do want to watch it, come over to my house and watch it. So it's one of those films where you know, like you distinctly know the ending and what's going on and who the killer is because you remember and then you watch, you show it to somebody and you kind of sit back and you're like, oh, I wonder what they're going to feel or how they're going to feel by watching it. You're like, was I dumb when I watched it the first time or is it good? (laughs) And you're like, oh, no, that reaction is legit. No, it's good. Then after that, we had The Loved Ones. This was your recommendation. So good. It's great. Yeah. I loved it because everything is believable. It's not something where you have a monster or alien coming out of left field. They're very believable characters yep. of these psycho backwoods people who could potentially be your neighbors. That's one of the things that we like, like freaky about Scream when I was a kid. I was like, I could definitely see some deranged high school students stabbing people with a knife. And same with this movie. You, know, you hear these stories. There was one story where this guy was operating a daycare out of his house and they found like 20 kids in his basement oh that is awful so having one kid from a you know high school who's got depression i definitely recommend this and i feel like it didn't get enough play or get enough airtime as it should and i wanted to say it has something to do with it just being an australian film yeah so I think distribution really did it get dirty get away stateside yeah, and then the people who bought the distribution rights in the United States just didn't do enough with it. it I think that it definitely deserved that push. Because you think about movies that were popular in the horror genre in 2009, I mean, this movie beats it. Yeah. 
So then after that, Jaws, oh, 1975. so good. It's so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, fucking see it. I, that's all I can tell you. This is always a rewatch movie. This is a summer movie. I think uh, probably four summers of my entire life that I can recall, I haven't watched this And movie. what still blows my mind is I didn't even realize this until you had mentioned it on the podcast. How long was it before you actually see a shark? It's like an hour in. Hour like fucking crazy. 17, some crazy amount. But yeah. And then you only see the shark for such a short time. And to think that they created a genre uh, and a presentation of the whole minimal exposure to the creature based out of just necessity because the production was halted. Right, right. How many of the shots are essentially just a scuba diver underwater shooting up at people swimming? And if when you're so iconic that your horror film is referenced in Finding Nemo, yeah, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously it's a rewatch. Yep. Then we had Vampire Hunter D and Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. I would watch Vampire Hunter D again. Don't care about Bloodlust. Yeah, Vampire Hunter D has its nice classic look to it. Yep. It holds on its own. Whereas Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust has the new kind of cutesy anime to it. Almost seemed too cartoony. If yeah. that's such a thing when it comes to anime, right? Because all anime is cartoon. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't feel. I'm not gonna say it didn't feel artistic. It felt like it was just trying to be extreme for extreme sake whereas vampire hunter d felt like it was telling a story and i really liked how it was like i don't know if it was intentional visual homage to movies like wizards or heavy metal but i like that animation style better and the right, pacing was right. really good would you be interested in doing some more anime type horror films yeah the fan response for vampire hunter d was a lot of fun yeah and I'd, I'd be down to do it again if anybody's uh, interested just shoot us over uh, any kind of uh, input We'd appreciate it. Absolutely. We've had some fan recommendations, but then I Google it. And I'm like, oh, that's a little girl being raped. Not going to watch that anime. Which is really hard because there's a lot of that stuff in this. So we'll see. Yeah. You've talked about Ninja Scroll or whatever. Just edit the video for me and then I'll watch it. <laughs> it's so classic. Then we had As Above, So Below. Loved it. Yep. This is Michelle's favorite horror film. Of all time. I could see why. Yeah. And it's something that you don't have to necessarily... Like, she she enjoys this because it's not overly gory, right? In any part of this film. There's, I think, the worst part is maybe the guy getting sucked up into the, the Fire, car. yeah. A lot of it is essentially just the unknown. You're going around a, a corner and it's pitch black and they show different shots, different angles. You have the shot from their camera facing them, running away, and you see things chasing them from behind, and it's something that you can, again, put yourself into their shoes. It's action suspense, if that makes sense? Yes. Like, because you have them constantly moving, there's a frenetic pace to it, but you're not worried about a guy wielding a chainsaw, so it's dramatic tension throughout. It's really well done. Yeah, absolutely. And the narrative is super fun. Like, you know, it gives you an excuse to reread, you know, Dante Alighieri. Come on. Right. It's like a combination of that with like the Philosopher's Stone and everything else. So it's kind of neat. So definitely recommend it. Next, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but the fat thing is I would rewatch it. Here's the thing. Another one of the films where as a kid, I thought this was one of the greatest films of all time. ACDC as a soundtrack. Emilio Estevez, coach of the Mighty Ducks. You have the Green Goblin as the main bad dude. Like, come on. Isn't it sad the best Green Goblin mask is on a truck? <laughs> Jesus. Willem Dafoe got done dirty. That weird kid got done dirty. I just always remember the the poor baseball coach getting killed by the vending machine. So gnarly. <laughs> and the kid who gets run over and his head pops off. Man, it's good. But, you know, Stephen King, there's a complete 
clusterfuck. This, I think, this cocaine didn't he the also admit that he was probably completely shit-faced the entire time of yeah. making this? Just totally wrecked on cocaine. <laughs> and, you know, I really like it because this is the guy who's like, oh, yeah, The Shining sucks. The Shining's terrible. The Shining's really, really bad, Stanley Kubrick. And then he's like, oh, I'll, I'll do the directing. Oh, oh, it's not as easy <laughs> oh, as it it's, looks. It, that is completely different. All Whoopsie. Right. So, yeah, it's a rewatch, but it's a rewatch to laugh at, not laugh with. Yeah. Next, Arachnophobia 1990. So good. So good. I don't know how many times I've watched this, and every single time, like, I know there are spiders around us at all times, Uh right? They're just, they are way more densely populated than humans, probably. I don't know what the stats are, but I'm sure it's fucking crazy the amount of insects around us compared to people. Then you compare it to, like, the wilderness as well. Right, exactly. And so when it comes to this film... It just heightens everything so, so much where Ed, the slightest movement on anything and I'm just like fucking smashing random things on the table that aren't actually there. Yeah, it's like a serial killer movie because, you you know, there are serial killers that exist, but in a movie you ramp up the fear and the tension and everything they do is scaled much higher. And same thing with spiders. You know, you have swarms of spiders around you all the time. You amplify their viciousness you amplify their lethality and it's just you you feel all encompassing and we also talked about kingdom of the spiders when we did that episode uh that's yeah it's seriously super great there's some fun editing with that too with our video oh yeah (laughs) and so definitely watch oh absolutely a hundred percent then we go to eight-legged freaks this movie is a classic anybody says otherwise is doing you wrong they are not telling you the truth they're lying they're deceptive they're deceivers and i hate them plus our Kit, so can't go wrong our boy a dude is swole as shit he's awesome he's a great friend and follower of the show yeah, he follows the show and he's frequently interacting yeah which is awesome yeah and thing is i love that movie even separate and apart from david arquette like liking <laughs> us you know what i mean the right. fact that you like my comments and shit that doesn't that doesn't do it the movie is still good the effects are still good scarlett johansson is not that great but and everything something, else is still and something good. about it tells me it's not as publicist liking our stuff oh yeah like i think it's him because i we're we've talked about caressing his body and i don't think <laughs> the publicist is gonna be like hey you guys but yeah it, it's a movie that i think a lot of people will look down at and almost act like ashamed like this is not the limp biscuit of horror comedies you know what i mean like well, yeah. let's calm the fuck down it's a good movie yeah definitely so, definite rewatch. Then, we had a bonus interview with my buddy Tom Bocci, director of Arctic. If you haven't seen Arctic, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing a... You know what? You're just being a goddamn terrorist. Brian is admitting across the table he hasn't seen it, but you didn't do the <laughs> interview, so that's fine. My bad, guys. And then you didn't go to the screening. That was Chad and I. So, I'm actually... With Tom, he's been on the show twice. How fun is that? I just oh, that's cool. Yeah, but Arctic is fun. You can buy it on Blu-ray, DVD. It's on video on demand in a bunch of places. It's very. You could tell that Tom got his or cut his teeth in the industry doing like trailers and editing and stuff because it's a very visual movie. Oh, nice. To the point where the story, not to say it's negligible, but kind of like Jaws. If you took out the story, you didn't know the words. I'd still understand right, where the tension right, comes right. from and what's going on. Uh, I do recommend. And then we go. Da 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 da. Stephen King's it. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Uh-huh. Dude, it's rough, but great. It's yeah. one that you have to rewatch because it's legendary. I can tell you one thing. I would rather rewatch this than reread it. 
Yes. <laughs> I will. I'm glad that I've read it. You know, my grandmother loved this book when I was a kid. And, you know, it's important to me to have tried. It is not my cup of tea, especially after reading Phantoms. I was like, oh, wow. Just one chapter in particular. We just will pretend it never happened. Um, You could have made a book series out of it and I might have liked it, you know, but doing this much, you know, for to think about it, like over two days of my life were spent reading this book. Yep. No. Well, no, because I, I watched it or listened to it like 1.7 speed. So. And there's there's some parts of the book where I feel like they could have translated over to the film. But, yeah. you know, anytime you have a book, especially something as lengthy as a Stephen King book, it's going to be impossible to fit all of the little tiny details. It's so. over a thousand pages of book. I mean, it's like going to somebody and saying, hey, uh, I'm going to do... 700 pages of the Bible as a movie, they're going to be like, what about the other 9,000 pages? And that's something where if you think about it, maybe eventually when they have these books that are translating to movies, they won't just do movies. They'll look into, like you said, doing series. Yeah. I think it's the wave of the future, especially with every streaming service and subscription. You don't want all of your metadata dumping on one day. You have, you you have, less, you have less people going out to the theaters anyways. You might as well just have it where they can watch it straight from the couch. And you have dildos like us who are going out there and, and creating content, which is basically an advertisement for any of these films. And then if you do it weekly... I mean, get, they should pay us. Really? When you think about it. <laughs> Fucking Warner Brothers. Could you imagine? Yeah, I would be very nice, but it's not ever happening because they know I would do this for free because I already do. <laughs> but yeah, Stephen King's it, it's a rewatch, but you yeah, know, it's it definitely is a rewatch. flawed rewatch. Then we went to Ticks because that was our eight legs, eighth month, and Ticks are arachnids. It's so fun. It's such a fun film. It's kind of a hit and miss with me on rewatching it. I feel like I enjoyed watching it, but it would have to be a little bit of time in between for me to rewatch it. Yeah, or watching it with somebody who hadn't seen it before. Yeah. Like for the Carlton scene where he, you know, becomes the mother tick. <laughs> yeah. I would love to rewatch that. And I would love to watch somebody's reaction who's like, wait, hold on. What just happened? What was his Panic? name? His name is Panic. Cause I never do. My name's Panic. Cause I never do. And you're like, what? <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that you just foreshadowed your ending. <laughs> so then we had a bonus interview with Sean Wright, director of Night of the Axe. If you haven't seen Night of the Axe, it's I think less than a half an hour. So what nice are you doing? With you, what are you doing with your time? That's so important. You can't spare thirty minutes <laughs> for an up and coming director. You heartless monster. The then next we, episode, we kind of delved into our first little foray when it comes to research episode. And you really got into it. I liked it. It's super fun. Tales from the Crypt comics fucking rule. Yeah. It definitely helped when we went and did the sit down for the panel at Midsummer Stream. Oh, yeah. There was, uh, you know, to see the people who made the show and be so referential to the comics and do such a good uh, amount of homage, it made it so palatable to do because every bit of it was enjoyable content. The movies were great. The, you know, even... Demon Knight's great. It's it's a lot of fun. And so that was one of our you know earlier po Patreon bonus episodes was the HBO show, and that was a lot of fun too. Yep, absolutely. I can't say I, you would rewatch an entire series of comics, but you could read them all very easily. Like if you wanted to make that a summer pet project, you could get through all of them very reasonably. You probably get through them in two weeks. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about taking your time, sipping a nice yeah. chamomile <laughs> tea. You know what I'm saying? There you go. Then we had. I'm really sad that you weren't on this one. Bad Taste, Peter Jackson, 1987. It is 
a spectacle to behold. <laughs> I had never seen it. It had been like a bucket list film, and I was so pleasantly surprised. Fucking zombie baby. That's so no, that's dead alive or oh, brain that's, dead. That's brain dead. Oh my yeah, bad. This is the one with aliens with Lord Crumb. That's and, right. That's right. Oh, they Derek. Eat my spinning steel shithead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into it too far because I don't want to spoil it for you, but you have to see that movie and then we have to do a gush about it and do like a supplemental episode. Yeah, absolutely. But highly, highly recommend rewatching it. It meanders for all of like two minutes and then it goes fucking balls to the wall for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Like Blood Diner. Yeah, well, I remember we talking with Jim where he's like, I don't know if I'm really into this. And then when it starts to get good, he's like, holy crap. <laughs> nice. So then we have next as it and it chapter two this was a doozy right because we were covering both both movies this is when it chapter two came out so yep. we were doing the one that came out what year and a half before that and the then Andy the, machetes, and, yeah. and then this one and and at that time machete was still kind of trying to campaign for a prequel movie to make right, it a trilogy and, right yeah i love these films they're great. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like I enjoyed the first one more than the second one. I think we both kind so. of agreed on that. Yeah. And the reasoning for that is because I feel like it's a little more believable as kids compared to adults. Yeah. They're more sympathetic. And especially as a parent, like I obviously it's apparent that I'm a parent because I mentioned it all the time and that it made <laughs> me and my paternal instincts. But I want to protect these kids. And then also I'm a little bit bitter about the ending of the second one. Like I don't think it's bad. If the I ending's just weird. It's not that it's like, it's just Richie Tozier being the hero is the best part of that book. It was, it came as a surprise to me. It was like, wait, he is? That's so cool. He's like the unsuspecting hero who's right. been there the whole time. And it was, it's kind of like Neville Longbottom or something like, oh, you're actually amazing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And to have an actor like Bill Hader just kind of like, meh. But it is worth seeing. I highly recommend it. Yep. Absolutely. Both of them, rather. So I would rewatch them. But, you know. Then we had the Wes Craven episode where we just kind of delved into the life of Wes Craven. It was more of the research episode. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. And if you haven't delved into his uh, bibliography or filmography, you do you do the you. You do do that. The guy had an interesting career. Yeah. And to start off as a college professor and basically like abandon your kids to live in a bungalow. Doing, so some, can- doing some porn work. All kinds of stuff. It was Sean Cunningham, who's integral in the Friday the 13th franchise. It's bizarre that it happened, but the fact that it did is amazing. Then we followed it up with another kind of research one where we did Battle of the Cryptids, which we had like a lot of people enjoyed it. Yeah, it's an awesome episode. I stand by it. it it's all, So here's the only criticism that I, I offer is it's a very visual thing when you talk about yes. cryptids. So when we do the international cryptids, we're going to talk about the way that we describe them a little bit more. I can I'm, see that. I'm not going to leave it to our audience to have to do the Google searches. Right, right. So we'll give you a little bit more auditory visual. Exactly. We'll set the stage, if you will. But I highly <laughs> recommend it. And if you have recommendations for international cryptids that you would like to see in our send international version, please do. Next was Alien 1979. This very well could be the classic of the year for me. This movie is uh, astonishing. I think this is what only the second sci-fi horror film that we did, right? Other than Event Horizon. The faculty and stuff. It's eh, kind of sci-fi because aliens, but, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I suppose so. Kinda, but bad taste is also a comedy. So this is like an out and out sci-fi. Yeah, that takes place on a spaceship. Yeah. Oh, and we also did a Patreon bonus for Night of the Creeps, which is kind of sci-fi, but it's like briefly sci-fi. Okay. But yeah, Alien is classic. Just the name Alien, not Aliens. And not Alien. Star Beast. Remember that? <laughs> it was originally conceived to be Star Beast. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, that's classic. One hell of a movie title. And from there, we went to Shaun of the Dead. 
we will be honest. We'll give you a little behind the scenes. We had to re-record that episode because of technical difficulties, and I'm still very upset by it. It's okay. I mean, I feel like I enjoyed the second one a little, a lot more than the first. So we, I feel like we delved into what we needed to talk about a lot quicker. And yeah, the second one than the first one. So because that movie is so trivia heavy, there's it's a very daunting task to try and make sure that you're getting all the information out there. Yep, absolutely. Highly recommend rewatching. Then we go to The Shining, 1980. So good. Oh. So much info though. Yeah, it's a it's a hard one. I mean, we watch documentaries. I read supplemental materials. I read just theses. The, just the book alone. Yeah, so great. I actually I enjoyed the book more than the movie, but that's just me. I don't mind the book compared to the movie. I just I don't like the topiary animals. If you cut that right. out, I like everything. Right. I think the thing that's in like the sewer kind of thing on the playground, I really like that. That would have been creepy enough for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So what was it the sewer or was it in the snow hole? Snow hole. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. That's really cool. Absolutely. And, and that's I, probably I, my second favorite. I, I also like one thing that I liked about the book was how much they showed. I want to say mansion, but how much they showed the hotel coming to life. Yeah. In the book, right? Whereas in the movie, it's more or less just like their imagination. Exactly. And like a glimpse of something. No whereas, special effects, yeah. Whereas in the, in the book, it's actually elevators going up and down and all kinds of crazy shit. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, agree. it's definitely rewatchable. Obviously it is. it's one of the first probably horror films I watched as a kid. And I think that even if you aren't interested in the source material or if you're not interested in, you know, Stanley Kubrick's work, just to see the visual cues and see how referenced this film is. Yeah. I and mean, when you see people swinging axes in movies, very often it's mimicking the dynamism of that shot. I mean, you see like the hedge mazes and lots of the shots you'll see recreated as homage, because it's that iconic visually and then storytelling the method. Yep, absolutely. So then we go to Marvel Zombies 1 and 2. Oh my God, it was so much work. They were great to read. I read, I don't know, I probably read about 12 of them. And Spider-Man's kind of a douche. Yeah. He, he, like, I, I shouldn't say he's a douche, but like he's just, he can't get over the fact that he, he ate. Um, I can't believe I ate my aunt and wife. Yeah, oh. exactly. Over and over again. Everybody's like, dude, get the fuck over it. But then in the sequels where they established the only reason he's still wearing a superhero mask is because he can't bear the idea of looking himself in the face knowing the things he's done. There is some redeeming stuff there. And his okay. relationship with Power Man's really fun. And then like Ant-Man just totally destroys his wife. He's yep. like, I fucking ate you. You're done. And then she's like, well, I'm still ahead. Yeah. So... How to get ahead in life? <laughs> oh, I'll become a robot. There you go. And then when you get into Morbius and Man-Thing, I mean, Jesus. I don't care how questionable it sounds. I love Man-Thing. <laughs> I want it on my face. I want it. Oh, what? Yeah, but buddy. yeah, man thing is gnarly. It was fun. It was fun. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Seriously, if there's ever any other content you want us to do, we had talked about doing Deceased, which is the DC Comics kind kind of zombie one. And, you know, we briefly just touched on that in part two. But I would like to do a full yeah, that'd be cool. review, uh, especially once it gets to like DC Universe and it's free to read in its entirety because they're already doing offshoots of that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So then we went to Yokai. Yokai! So fun. So it's good. crazy how much stuff there is on it, And dude. that's something that's really cool, too, is oh, that yeah. maybe a good portion of people had no idea about. Which is, there's actual credible scholarly study about it. it oh, is, so cool. It's very interesting. And it's also like a beautiful way of looking at the world and cherishing the things you have and having like pride in what you do and not just replacing things and having heritage. You know, our country is 200 plus years old. Right. You're talking about like thousand year dynasty. Like it's very interesting to think 
think about the the rich history and to see in the folklore in a written tradition. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Is is essentially just living folklore. Yeah, this is what they're carrying on through tradition, and it's almost like an old wives' tale, basically yeah. come to life or how they would term it, right? Agreed. And that's one of the things that was really hard when I was doing research when it came to the 13th Warrior and reading about Norse mythology. It had never really occurred to me how that was such an oral tradition. And then when it was finally written, when you had stories like Beowulf finally written, it was written by Christian scholars. So everything is skewed and slanted. Whereas these people, it goes back hundreds, thousands of years. It's crazy how rich this substance is and credible and consistent. It's awesome. So if you don't know what yokai are, Google it. I even watched half an episode of an anime for that episode. (laughs) There we go. And to get Jake to watch any anime is uh, a feat unto itself. (laughs) Then we had the Hammer Films retrospective. So good. Dude. There's a lot of fucking information, though. It's that seriously, the studio that dripped blood is so great. Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. I got to tell you, though, man, this is probably the most research I did out of any episode. I think I was like 17 pages deep. And for me, that's a fucking ton. But I enjoyed it. Absolutely. Going through the history of where they were filming the episode or the episode where they were filming the movies. It's almost episodic, though, because they were working on them so quickly. With such right. A crazy exactly. And how many different studios they moved to. And you go to the iconic place where it seems like everything they went to Ray was studios, off of yeah. the River Thames. Yeah. So, I mean, you had the, the, the classics with Christopher Lee and, and Cushing's and everything else. So. Can I tell you something without nobody's listening to this? So it's fine. <laughs> but very often, in order to get my pee flow going, I'll lightly graze my testicle hair. <laughs> and so, even I'm, I'm well groomed, but I like to leave something there so I can just, with the back of my nail, graze downward. And when I'm getting ready to make the urine, I do in my best grandma Tarkin. You may fire when ready. (laughs) So, Peter Cushing, if you left any legacy in this world, (laughs) that is what you've done, my friend. I like it, man. Did you know Chris Early was in a metal band? Yes. He did his whole record. It's amazing. How fucking cool is that? Death metal rules. I need to cover that, man. On Metal Monday. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. A (laughs) hundred percent. It's way better than Pat Boone's record, I'll tell you that. Or then, a metal record. Then from there we have Little Monsters, which is so fucking good. Love that movie. And it's don't be misguided. It's not the old school Little Monsters. Yeah, it's Howie we were, Mandel. We had <laughs> talked about briefly doing our first versus episode being that, which is Little Monsters versus Little Monsters, but they're so distinguished, so, it's hard. To yeah, overlap. absolutely. And they're, I mean, nothing alike at all. So I mean, could have been cool because obviously you had the same name, Little Monsters, Little Monsters. But this is so great, right? Other than I mean you said Gad was like, eh, it's like whatever. No, I had never liked Gad before. I liked him in this a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've never found him very funny, but in this I thought he was delightful. Everything was good about this movie. It was like it's one of those it's feel good, but why why do people disparage feel good content so much? Yeah. The world is a bucket of piss covered in shit that's on fire because of global warming. And you want to tell me that my escapist media has to make me sad. (laughs) No, I will not watch A Handmaid's Tale. You cannot make me. I will not watch The Irishman about sad mobsters who are old. You know who else is old? Me. And I'm only getting older. I don't have the fucking time to watch this sad fucking shit. I would rather watch Thor Ragnarok for the 50th time and see Bright colors and silly shit am i wrong no you're absolutely right thank you so yeah it's it's easy popcorn film 
you don't have to really pay attention to any of it and you kind of have an idea it's essentially Shaun of the dead light very good yeah yeah so it has the well, same kind of I won't I say mean, light, I'll say less referential. Yeah. There okay, there you go. And you know, obviously he doesn't get with the chick that originally dumps him. So there's that because she gets railed by her coworker and that never gets repaired. But it's for the better. Was it Auntie Sarah has a slutty vagina? <laughs> <laughs> that highly, kid is so fucking good. So good. I highly recommend watching it. I really, really do. It's on Hulu. It's streaming other places. I think you can get DVDs of it. You definitely should. Then we have Phantoms. Fucking dude. Ben Affleck and his hair, though. <sighs> That's. I'm going to pass. I've, I thought <laughs> that I could rewatch it after reading the book and like it. It's. I'm not ever going to watch that movie again, I don't think. I, it was rough. It was a rough go. But and the book is good. I like the book a lot. I like the book a lot better than I liked it as a book. Which makes me want to read the book because I did not. It's short. It's fun. It's very... It, it, the book is the equivalent of popcorn literature, you know? Okay. But yeah, the movie, not good. Everything is just a little askew. Another iconic film, Gremlins. I mean, how can you go wrong? Yeah. And so you had never seen Gremlins. I did not. Have you finished it since then? Yes, I have. It's amazing. The fucking... The ending is... A, so batshit crazy and it's so good <laughs> and you've never seen gremlins 2 no okay. we gotta do it we gotta jim do has it. never seen it either that's our next commentary track because that is that movie is, is literally too genius you know you know how christ died for our everybody's sins and disappeared and then he came <laughs> back as a cloud or whatever i don't remember the bible that well but you know how that is because he was too good for this world right we didn't deserve him we don't deserve the genius of joe dante <laughs> because gremlins 2 is perfect and it has christopher lee in it it's it's beautiful and the story structure is it's so referential and making fun of the world and flipping the genre of sequel onto its head and then it also has really organic story elements that give you a diversity in terms of the special effects which are practical effects so are we going to have another thesis on this or the thesis is <laughs> that's if we do gremlins to a new batch that's my new classic champion it would beat alien that's how much i like that movie wow. well i feel like we can't technically carry over classic trashic and tragic that's something we talked about yeah that ends for each year so yeah. we're going to be starting you guys zero, aren't fresh which is fair yeah otherwise i mean like blood diner would stay our tragic <laughs> champion forever you know what i mean like but i'm totally cool with that because we're going to cover blood diner again so wow that's a loophole isn't it <laughs> yeah and this is the thing don't get your expectations too high for a new batch because i am the only person i know who likes two more than one okay so take that with a grain of salt i highly recommend watching gremlins I love it. Yeah, it's so absolutely. good. Just be prepared. If you haven't seen it, just be prepared that it is a little lengthy. Like a lot this dick. A lot, it was a lot longer than I thought it was. That's what she said? Yep. Next, we go to a bit of a flub, I'm going to admit. Nobody really downloaded this episode. <laughs> we Dude, had, it's fine because we had fun with it. That's the, exactly the point. It was so self-indulgent. I loved it. Doing the the Thirteenth Warrior and reading the book I was a delight. I listen. <laughs> so good. I feel like half the people that you made a meme for that were like, "Huh? The fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Antonio Banderas wasn't just Zorro. Yeah. Or, or Despero Desperado. Desperado. Yeah, yeah. So good. But that movie it rips. I'm telling you, if you have the patience to get through that first hour, the second half of that movie is. A classic sword and sorcery film. And I will say this now and forever. Sword and sorcery always has a spot in slashers because if you use a sword, you, you are, are slashing. slashing. And or it, you're hacking. 
well, it was, it was <laughs> just fine if that's what you're into. So if, whether it's Lady Hawk or Conan, if you have a, a sword and sorcery recommendation, Beastmaster, I don't care. Let us know. I always want your recommendations because I am such a sucker for that genre of film. Yep, bring it, bitches. Especially low budget. The lower the budget, the more fun. Like Deathstalker? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's get into it. There we go. I highly recommend rewatching it if yeah. or watching it for the first time. Watching it for the first time. And absolutely. not even just so that you'll go and actually download that very underperforming episode. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. Also, the book is very fun, too. The book is delivered. At, I think I referenced it very Don Quixote, very Carrie. Okay. It's, uh, it's analytically written. And so it, it's almost, you know, like a learned treatise where it refers to other, you know, documentary stuff. And it's really <laughs> very fun. And there's also a weird scene with a bunch of midgets. I'm sorry, dwarves. Lucky dwarves at that. They're little, trustworthy. Little people? Yeah. No, they literally get daggers from little people. Okay. And it's very weird, but I, I was driving through Vegas at that point in time. My wife was asleep next to me. My baby's asleep in the back. We're trekking across country, and he's like, and then they go to the cabin of the dwarves. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a few hundred miles. I'm going to have to rewind that 30 seconds. <laughs> and then they go to the cabin of the dwarves. I'm like, nope, that's definitely that what definitely he said. definitely what happened. All right. And it's great. <laughs> and then, so I highly recommend that. Then it leaves us with the last two episodes, which would be Krampus and then our, our first verses. So Krampus, what do you think? Great. I Legend. mean, let, it's definitely rewatchable, oh, right? Sure. And there are so many different variations of the film. But this is the only one you need to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, Christmas Horror Story. There's so much Krampus content out there. And I love it. I mean, you guys got me a Krampus uh, Christmas ornament this year. I got you a Krampus comic last year. I'm reading Krampus the Yule Lord right now. I, <laughs> I love it. I like the way you said we got you a Krampus one. Because, I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to Jake. Yeah. Right? But this is also a white elephant. So anybody can really steal it or whatnot. And then immediately Jake picked that one. Or actually... It was the wife that picked it. I and stole you're it like, from my own wife. Yoink, I'm taking this, bitch. <laughs> yeah, except I didn't say bitch because I would not see her vagina ever again. That's true. And he then Chad's wife was like, I'm going to steal it just to watch you cry. And I was like, I fear not cry. I fear put you in a velvet sack and hit you with bramble. How dare you? It was good. It, I mean, it all worked out in the end. You got it. I'm a little sad that in the movie Krampus, they don't have like a very dramatic German accent <laughs> like that. Excuse me, old woman. You escaped me as a child, but now I'm going to beat you in a uh, she, she carries over that accent pretty well, though. She's so. good, but she's also really German. We went yeah. to her filmography and it's like, Ich bin ein Flickenflick. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, old lady. But that is definitely a great introduction to horror film. I highly recommend you showing yep, it to people absolutely. who aren't really into it. And it's a great holiday film. It's super easy to watch. Again, it's something you can have on in the background and you can step out of the room, go take a shit and come back and you you'll be all the better yeah it's campy and capricious enough to where you know if like you said it, it's not ever truly mortifying so you're never going to scar someone for life with this yep, film absolutely which leaves us with our last episode that we did which was crazy demonic toys versus small soldiers which 
I I will admit we were a little all over the place because it was went off the rails a little bit, a little bit. But it's so much fun to talk about and just because it wasn't just us arguing. It was us discussing. And it was a lot of fun to do that format as opposed to just do a long form slay by play of. And then this happened. Then this happened. Then this happened. Then that. Yeah, which I feel like we've even just improved on that aspect of the, you know, the episodes as well. Unless you guys are into the the whole slay by play, getting into it, like delving bit by bit. You know, I feel like some people are like that, but other people, you know, enjoy other things. So. And just diversity. Yeah. I don't ever want, to, like I never, even when we got into our more analytical episodes or report style episodes, I never wanted to abandon movie reviews. Right. I just want to be able to do both. Yeah. And so if you ever have ideas for new content, new episodes, subject matter, please let us know and we'll be happy to feature it. So, Brian, what is your favorite movie that we've done this year? And it could be any criteria and you can justify it. You can have a sentence or so to say. Honestly, what was the crown jewel? So in terms of classic was Alien. But then when it comes to the movie I enjoyed most. It's going to be Blood Blood Diner. Diner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> director of the year is Jackie Kong. There's great special effects that are silly and wacky. If you haven't seen it, guys, please do yourself a favor. You can find it on Amazon for like 15 bucks. Yeah. So. And also, do yourself a favor and watch Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast and then watch the movie because it's so much more interesting to see the breadcrumbs of right, like you can see a comparative history. Yeah, absolutely. So Blood Diner is definitely the best, in my opinion. The worst is going to have to be Bing Bang Boom. Bang Bang Boom! So I Married an Axe Murderer. This Fucking garbage. The worst. It is, it is worse than Ice Cream Man, which we knew going into it was really bad. Seriously. So... And I, what's interesting is we've had people defend it, but they haven't been able to defend it on like objective criteria. It's always like, well, I liked it as a kid. I'm like, I liked it as a kid. That's why I thought we would do it on the show. It's terrible. <laughs> right, right. And then obviously for classic, I feel like for me, it's going to either be The Shining or Alien. That's fair. Just because they're both so iconic, right? And for me, it personally, it's going to be The Shining just because it's the first horror film that resonated through me throughout my entire life. That's the one that that I can always go back to and say, well, it was the first one I actually stayed up to watch on TNT late at night, and it scared the fucking bejesus out of me. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And with Alien, like, you know, it, the, the rewatchability of Alien definitely is there. That helps. An American Werewolf in London is really Ooh, still up there. That's a good one as well. I mean, absolutely. Jaws is great, but, you know, Jaws is, all, is less horror. It's more of an adventure film in a lot of ways. So there are a lot of movies. I, the thing is, Brian, this has been a great year. I want to thank you for all of your patience. I want to thank you for driving to my house to do this show. I love it, man. Giving me an excuse to hang out with my best friend. Sorry, I got choked up. I'm okay. No, but seriously. Yeah, I mean, I love doing this shit. Absolutely. It's something that, again, going from the MMA world into the movie world, uh, you tend to feel a little more upbeat about going into these and watching the films and, and picking each other's brains compared to, okay, Conor McGregor beat up another girl or uh, beat up a guy in a bar or did cocaine or this or that and it's so fucking depressing right so much of what frustrates me about like the mma world because that's what we if you don't remember we used to have an mma podcast years ago and it was just so hard to reconcile shady business practices like sure a lot of elements of the horror realm are shady but there is a lot of artistic expression and it's interesting and one of the things that truly makes me very happy and tell me if this is true for you as well when we did the mma show once the episode is done once the event happens the fight that nobody nobody cares 
Nobody goes back and rewatches an episode from three weeks before or three months before. Dude, I get messages today. I mean, I somebody posted about listening to The Craft yesterday. Dude, we haven't done that movie in nine months. Yep. It was so awesome to me to see that. Like, yeah, yeah, it has like a lasting impact. Right. My time was worth something in this yeah, show. Yeah, my sister's boyfriend actually just today, earlier before I came here, was like, dude, I really loved your guy's Shining episode. It was great. I was like, fuck yeah. That's amazing. I so. like that kid. Yeah. I'm going to say that now. I like that kid. <laughs> she can keep him around. She can keep him. I like his salt and pepper hair. There we go. I'm too blonde to get salt and pepper. It's just going to turn white. <laughs> but so but, long as I keep my hair, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Hey, don't you dare. <laughs> this widow's peak is growing. Jesus, I have a five and a half head at this point. It'll be a six head before we finish the show. This is what I got to say, though. At the end of the day, I hope if you're listening to this episode, if you're still following along, I hope maybe we went over an episode that you might have glossed over and maybe not given it a chance. And if we gave you any kind of tidbit onto what we talked about within that film, just go back and give it a listen. And even if you're not listening to our episode, I endorse every film that I endorsed on this episode. Objectively, I think that anybody should see, even if it's not for the selfish gains of like you downloading the episode. Right. And that's something that's important to me. Like I, with this show, we've talked about it. We're never going to be gatekeepers and say, oh, we're exclusionary. We want you to expand. Yes. We want you to do these things. And you know what? We pimp other shows. I'm wearing a Spook House podcast shirt. We've crossed over with brands like Gore Lords, the worst horror podcast, shows that don't even exist anymore. And people have like reached out and be like, oh, like why would you do that? It's your competition. If you find another show through us that you like more than us, that makes me happy because you're getting something and making your time, your precious little time on this stupid rock in space worth something yeah i mean at the end of the day everybody's doing this ultimately you everybody starts out doing this because you just enjoy you just enjoy doing it yep right so if you can kind of share that with other people that have the same interest in you why not do it exactly so with that being said brian is it time to say goodbye to these sluts i think it is if you ain't watching them dying you ain't really trying for brian for my wife for brian's wife for chad for Chad's wife, for Jim Turn, for Clayton Cogswell, for Tom Bocci, for anybody else I've forgotten, anybody who's helped contribute to the show, Robbie. All the patrons. Oh, absolutely. All of our Patreon patrons for Thank sure. Thank you so much, guys. You know, Joe Quintero, who sent us all of our awesome comic books. It means so much to us to have you involved and helping and just we want to say sincerely thank you. If you want to give back to the show, we have the Patreon or just go off script. Give us feedback. Write a review. These things, it's an insurmountable task to become famous in this. We don't necessarily want to be famous. We just want to be able to make good content. And the fact that more than five people listen each incremental step we get, we get to legitimize ourselves and invest right. more. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed. And we appreciate it all. So I want to say sincerely thank you. Uh, you know, We have the full-length episodes available uh, in every format, which are, uh, YouTube, everything. If there's a media player you want it on, a podcast platform that we're not on, let me know. I'll get us on there. If you have content ideas, let us know. Uh, we want to make sure that we're giving you what you like. Please, if you, it's not too much trouble, rate and subscribe. That really means a lot in terms of analytics, and it means that we can reach new audiences. So with that being said, my name is Jake, reminding you to Go out there and do something you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.
Hey, Slashers. This is Johnny Phillip from Mini Meltdowns. I also play in Southern California rock band Limbeck, and I also play in a Nashville, Tennessee band called Baby Brains. But you guys are about to hear a song of mine off of the new EP that I just released on October 4th. The EP is entitled Destined for Disaster, and the song is called I Want to Die. And it's really about my my whole really terrible 2018 that I had, just a really horrible year. I, I lost my father, got really bad anxiety, uh, had some bad relationships in my life that were really, really driving me crazy, and I just was in a bad spot. The whole Desert for Disaster EP is about all that, but the song I Want to Die is particularly about being with somebody. At first, you know, you can't really see yourself living without that person and then after a long while it's to the point where you can't even be in the same room as that person you know just that big transition of when you when you're with someone that's really not the right person for you and vice versa you're not the right person for them you're kind of stuck in limbo and you just that the person makes you feel awful and it's you know it's not really about any particular relationship i've just had a lot of bad ones and i wanted to kind of convey my feelings on how that person can just like be the the right person for you at first and then they just they make you want to kill yourself cuz you just you're so miserable and the things you know surrounding your life even other things that are going on but you have to get through it because things do get better and if you make changes it's not going to be like that forever so please i hope you all enjoy it and i hope it makes you feel like you're not alone if you have some very negative thoughts and negative people in your life but baby brands has a couple of nashville shows coming up one at the end of january at cobra and we also have one the end of February at The Basement, which is like a Friday new artist song series. Lindbeck has two shows coming up. We're playing Chicago and Milwaukee with Direct Hit, great punk band out of Milwaukee on Fat Records. It's a co-headlining thing for both head sh- for both shows. So Friday, February 28th, we're playing X-Ray Arcade in Milwaukee. And February 29th, we're playing Chicago at HVAC Pub, which is right by Wrigley Field. So hope to see you guys at any of those shows. Please say hi to me. I'll be the guy on drums but in many meltdowns i sing and i play guitar and write the songs and also play drums on those too but yeah please say hi to me at any shows my instagram is pizza party 43 you can find me on facebook at john phillip also many meltdowns are on facebook as well and you can check out my label goodland records that releases all many meltdown stuff and it's released things from you know dwight twilly direct hit the figs all sorts of shit but check it out at goodlandrecords.com if you can. All right, thanks, y'all.